Oh, will you pray with me again? Mm. God with us, what hope even that name brings. God, we, we learned some of the names of Jesus last week. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you are all these things. God, earlier we confessed that we don't always experience you as these things. So we're thankful that that Christ has done what we could not do. He has removed the barrier. He has has driven away the darkness. He has has shown light into our lives so that we can grasp, so that we can surround, so that we can understand somehow the beauty, the glory, the majesty of all that he is. God, having walked in some great darkness this week, having both lived, some of us, in fear of the storms of life, God, we we uh, confess that, that we, again, gave in to that temptation to not trust. God, also having watched people that we know, people that we care about in harm's way, having watched others enter harm's way, God, on behalf of those who are suffering, having having stood at a distance, we're also so conscious, so aware of how great the need continues to be. Would you come to us, Lord? Would you abide with us, God? Would you, would you become God with us so that wherever we go, you would go? So wherever darkness is, God, we, we enter, we might bring the light of Christ. Begin even now, would you, God? Open our hearts and minds. Having been cleansed of our sin by the blood of Jesus, now open our hearts and minds to, to see the glory and the majesty, to experience the truth, to hear your invitation to become like you. And then, God, we know that no matter what tomorrow holds, or the next day, or the month after that, or should you tarry the next ten years, God, we know that you will be with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. So Holy Spirit, illumine the Word of God this morning, would you? As we hear it, allow it to take root in our lives and, and to grow and to bear much fruit, God. As we speak it, God, may chains be broken. May lives be forever changed. May people leave the darkness and enter the light. Mm. We're so grateful for this Advent season. Come again to meet with us. We ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. Would you open your... Bibles, your phones, open the Word of God, if you would, to the Gospel of John. Today is kind of a look back uh, to last Christmas season. We spent the whole Christmas Advent season focusing on John chapter 1. But in the midst of that amazing, uh, amazing first introduction, this prologue to who Jesus Christ is, were profound words in John 1 verse 4. 
we're told in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Have you found it yet? John chapter 1, verse 4. Would you say that uh, scripture with me? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now turn over just a couple of chapters to another very familiar passage in John chapter 3. I'm going to invite you to hide it in your heart here, and then hopefully God's Holy Spirit will bring it out uh, through our time in his word today. In John chapter 3, we have the encounter in darkness, by the way, of of a secret follower of Jesus. And I love Nicodemus for this reason. Um, he, he had everything to lose, but he never lost his curiosity. He never lost his sincere desire to know the Messiah. And so he made arrangements to meet with Jesus in the dark, right? Maybe he was concerned for Jesus' reputation. I suspect, like me, he was more concerned for his own reputation. But let's pick up that story, beginning in John chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God. Isn't that amazing for him to say that? We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, speaking maybe for all of us, said to him, well, well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, in other words, physically and spiritually, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Interpreting born of water. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Now jump down with me just a couple verses if you would. Verse 9, Nicodemus said, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of that which we know. We bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe If I tell you of heavenly things, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, Jesus' name for himself. 
And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Help me, would you? Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The very word of God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for your word. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, God, would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, last Christmas at this time, we, we walked through the whole prologue of John, uh, this amazing a testament summarized so briefly in those few verses about who Jesus is. And forgive me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you of some things that we won't explore today, but I recognize even as I do that some of you might not have been with us last week. Some of you, the words I'm about to say would absolutely rock your world. And I don't mean to diminish that. But I'm going to ask you to trust me that as you see some of the truths we'll explore today, they will make these powerful ones that I'm just reviewing even come alive in your heart. The first one, this radical truth from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, is that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. You remember, in the beginning was the Word. Okay, you've got that. And the Word was with God. Okay, I can understand that. And the Word was God. Right? Wow. So how do we know who this word is? John will explain. But he's got another powerful truth for us before we get there. In in uh, verse 3, he says, in the, or excuse me, uh, verse 2, he says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Do you remember our world just getting rocked by that? Jesus was the creator aspect of God that formed the world. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus was not only God, he was the creator, right? He is the creator. And that brings us to today, and, and just reminding us again of, of where the light comes from. Do you remember last week we said, a light shines in the darkness, right? And, and we looked and, and even saw the parallel between our lives today and exactly what they were experiencing 700 years before the time of Christ. Fear, yes, darkness. But into that darkness, God spoke through Isaiah and said, a light shines in the darkness. What was that light, right? What was that light? Verse 4, in Jesus is life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We are curious people, aren't we? We'll do anything and everything we can do to prolong life on this earth. And I get that, believe me. I get that. Um, the unknown is a very scary thing. 
We need, don't we, someone to go before us, someone to to light the way, someone to to go into the places that 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 cause fear in our hearts and to show us the way. And and we desperately need someone to show us the way through death to eternal life. I think as a result of that fear, sometimes we'll do anything we can to prolong this life. We'll exercise. We'll eat the right diet. We'll, we'll sleep the appropriate number of hours each night, right? When we're sick, we'll visit doctors. And don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not against any of those things. I'm the first guy to pop an aspirin when I got a, got a headache, right? I'm grateful for all the things that, that God has blessed us with to, to make this life as complete as possible, right? We'll run tests, we'll prescribe medications, we'll take treatments. And, and if any of those, those don't work, we'll try alternative approaches. But the reality is, the fact is, that should the Lord tarry, should, should the, the ultimate coming of the Lord be delayed as it has for the last 2,000 years, we are going to die. We are going to die, right? I don't want you to think so much about death today. Because I want you to think about life. About life, right? Try to define it. Try to put it into words, right? It's more than merely saying that we're living beings. It's, it's more than, than simply the breaths that we take or, or our hearts beating or our brains, right? Processing things. Beyond our intellect to be able to explain all the things that must take place for you and me to live. And I'm so enjoying being around Maddie and her nursing career because there are so many things that we do understand, right? There's so many things. And, and so, so this, this little girl that used to play at my feet now is teaching me about, about physical and medical truths that I never comprehended before. And I think she would be the first to tell you that there's sometimes when, when, when all the wisdom of, of this earth falls short, when doctors fall on their knees, when nurses just say, God, if you don't intervene, got another one right in front of me, if you don't intervene, I'm absolutely helpless, right? So there comes an end of even our, our sophisticated understanding of what life is. It's overwhelming sometimes to consider all that need, uh, needing for us to be able to say we are truly alive, right? So I find so much comfort, so much hope in the, in the reality of Scripture that Jesus knows. Even better than that, Jesus started it. He created it. He fashioned it. Jesus is life, John tells us. Take Jesus away and there is no life. Again, in him was life. John uses that term 36 times in his gospel, in the gospel of John alone. John uses this term life. He says time and time again that Jesus is the giver of life. He is the author of life. As Martha 
spoke to Jesus with his, her brother laying dead in the tomb. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. John 11. To Thomas, who was bewildered about death and the afterlife, recorded for us in John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and here it comes again, and the life, right? John 14, 6. To a crowd of people, Jesus says, mm, the thief, another name for the evil one, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am calm, is the way he says it. I am calm that you might have life, right? And have it abundantly, have it to the full, have it overflowing. So so let's summarize for a second. What kind of life did Jesus come to bring, right? Certainly, John 1 says he came to bring biological life, right? And, and, and there's actually a word for that. It's the same word we get our word biology from, bios, right? He is the creator. He gives us bios. Bios is about our physical existence, our biological life. It's about eating and drinking and sleeping. It's about work and leisure. It's about life here and now. And as we saw when we talked about common grace, he gives that to everyone, Right? Everyone. He gives biological life. But that's not the word that John's choosing to use here. He's using a different word, zoe. Some of you might have know that word as a name that people give their children. It's a beautiful one, isn't it? Life. Name your child life. That's, that is awesome, right? But what is this zoe? Well, it's so much more than biologic life. It's the life that that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about. It's a spiritual life, right? I've come that they might have Zoe, that they might have spiritual life and have it to the full. I think some of you in your small groups today will explore this. They'll ask you the question this week, many of you, um, you know, what is it that just gives you life, right? And, and, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to hearing some of those answers, right? Because there's things that just make me calm alive, right? And and I'm grateful for that. But in the absence of spiritual life, you can find that that all the things that you thought were life, right, are just a dim reflection of what you were created to experience. Jesus is trying to drive home to Nicodemus that there's so much more than you ever have experienced. And, and let me, I don't even know how I'm going to say this. Let me just, just press this point for a second, right? Because if you don't know what you don't know, you don't know it, right? That was profound. I think I'm going to write that down. Um, so, so, um, I, I was blessed to, to um, encounter Jesus in many ways um, as, a, as a child in the Air Force uh, Protestant services. My, uh, my mother was a follower of Jesus, and, and in many ways I saw Jesus in her, and I thought, man, I've got everything I need, right? I've got, I, I, and, and, and then one day I encountered life. I encountered not just one person, but several people that, that just had something that I didn't have, right? And, and, and I was confused because, because I'd, I'd done everything I was supposed to do. I'd gone 
to Sunday school. I'd, I'd, I'd prayed the Lord's Prayer. I, I thought that I had life, but they just seemed to have it at like at a different level, right? And here's my great fear that, that, that we could walk together. How long has it been? 28 years. We could walk together 28 years and someone might not know what they don't know. Are you, are you feeling my pain? Um, ah, oh, it would break my heart, right? Um, I don't want to, I don't want you questioning, you know, because Jesus is enough, right? But, but sometimes we have Jesus here and, and we haven't experienced Jesus here. That's what, that's what I think John is trying to help us understand in this exploration of, of life. There is something beyond the biologic life. There's something, a spiritual life, right? That overflows and, and when you don't know what you don't know, you don't know that you don't have it. But when you discover it, it is a game changer. Can I get an amen? It is a game changer. Now, does that mean that, that you always then live in that life? No. Until Jesus comes again, we still are broken human beings. And sometimes we take two steps forward and three steps back. But, but, but all of a sudden you've tasted and seen, right? And now you know. One of the reasons we're excited about going back to Friendship Diner with, uh, with uh, the seniors is because I've tasted and seen. It's good stuff. It's good, it's good food, right? I want to go back there, right? Um, uh, even, even if I um, eat something terrible in between, I know that I can go back there and get something good. Poor reflection of the point I'm trying to make. But when you taste and see that the Lord is good, right? No matter what you experience, no matter how many steps back, you might take, you know where life is. And you can go back there. So so we don't possess Zoe naturally, right? Everyone possesses bios from the moment they're born until the day that they die. Zoe, though, comes only to those who know Jesus, right? Zoe is about vitality. It's about fullness of a soul that comes, watch this, from having daily fellowship. Moment by moment, koinonia with Jesus, right? Biologic life, bios, spiritual life. So, and and then and then in John three sixteen, there's yet another and it's kind of extension of Zoe. There's everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have aeon, have everlasting life. I want to go one more verse than we went earlier too, because it's important. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Some of us need to hear that this morning. God did not send his son in so that you might experience condemnation. No, God sent his son into the world in order that the world might be saved through him, right? We've had four losses in, in the past three weeks of people that we love and, and cared for. And, and I'm always, uh, sorry, we use the same expression, I'm always at a loss. God, what could I possibly say that would even, let me just start simply summarize this person's life, right? Because all that you see on a tombstone is, is the date of birth, right? And a date of death, right? What would summarize the dash in between, right? But even, but even more important than that, how, Jesus, can I 
boldly proclaim the gospel in a way that people might find life, that they might find life. I want you to think and just remind you again of an illustration. I think I did a very poor job. The font didn't work out in your bulletins, but but bios has a beginning, doesn't it? And then it has a has a span. Is there a little line in your bulletin? And then it has an ending, right? And someday, should the Lord tarry, should He not come during our lifetime, someday we will we will die, right? That's not the life that Jesus is inviting us to. That's a life that he gives everyone uh, out of common grace. No, there's another kind of life that has a beginning, right? For us, has a beginning, but has no end, right? And I don't think it worked on my slides, but, but the arrow, it's an arrow now, an unending arrow. Death cannot impact eternal life. In death, we just simply change locations, right? In death, our soul goes to be with Jesus. For sure, some know they have now a ticket, if you would, to heaven. But they don't realize that this new life should thoroughly change the here and now as well. How many times have you caught yourself doing that? Someday everything will be okay, right? Someday... Uh, the Lord will come again and eternal life will begin. No, no, that's not the biblical understanding of eternal life. It begins the moment you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, right? It begins now. Yes, heaven is a part of that. Oh, I can't wait for that eternity, right? But we can take hold of that eternal life right here. And right now, eternal life starts here on earth. That's what Jesus came to give. He came to teach us that we can have life and have it overflowing abundantly. John 10.10, right? So how do we find? How do we find this life? Again, our story from, from, from Nicodemus. This man came to Jesus by night. And said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God and no one can do the things that you do unless God is with him. And then Jesus like slams the door. It looks like he slams the door on him. He says, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He's talking to the teacher of Israel. He's talking to the, to the greatest teacher that, that the people of Israel recognized. And, and he doesn't understand. Nicodemus says, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? And Jesus said, you must be born by us of water. You must also be born of the Spirit. How do we find life? We recognize life when you see it, right? Nicodemus saw something in in Jesus that made him hunger for more. The guy at the pinnacle of religious experience realized that he didn't have a relationship with a living God. And so, but he recognized the source of life when he saw it, right? That's why 
I, I just don't want you to underestimate. You know Jesus. You have life in you. Live life. Be alive, right? Because people recognize life when they see it. You don't have to wonder who who should I um, Bible thump? Who should I uh, try and evangelize, right? They will see the life in you. And and on the one hand, they many people will respond feeling condemned, not because of anything that you say or anything you do, but when you put light next to darkness, darkness tries to flee, right? But many whom the Lord has uniquely prepared for just that moment will see the life and be drawn to it. Be drawn to it. Can't think of the name of the, of the famous coach of the, of the Green Bay Packers. His, his philosophy of, of, for a running back was very simple. Uh, we have a plan for this play, but once the play starts, run to the light, right? Run to light. When that, when that wall parts, run to the light. You live. You truly live, follower of Jesus. And people will be drawn to your light, right? Recognize the life when you see it. Seek it out. Nicodemus, now we, I can give him a hard time for coming by night to Jesus because he was maybe afraid for his reputation, maybe fearful for, for Jesus, but, but I gotta celebrate this. He sought it out. He looked for it, right? Seek out life. If, if you're not satisfied with the level of relationship that you're experiencing, seek life, right? Seek it. Jesus makes incredible promises to those who seek, right? Seek and you will help me. Fine, knock and the door will be open to you, right? So, so seek out life. When you find it, when you find it, you're going to discover that it's a gift that has been offered to you as well. And like any gift, you have to receive it. You have to receive it. In John 1 verses 9 through 13, we read the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not, there's that word, receive him, right? But, but God, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Let me say that again. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but who were born of God. We're born of God. So we see a pattern in those words, receive, right? Then he kind of helps you understand. So like any gift, you have to receive it. You have to open it, right? But then he explains what it means to receive. He says, believe in Jesus. Don't believe about Jesus. Don't don't believe, you know... uh, what God has done through Jesus only, believe in Jesus. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess 
with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be born again. I'm, sm- I'm starting to smile. I can't, I can't say that without thinking of my grandmother again. I told you the story before. Grandma, are you, are you born again? No, I'm an Episcopalian, right? So, Dave, are you born again? No, I'm a Presbyterian, right? For the first, no. It transcends all those artificial religious structures. Do you have a living, vital relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ? Receive life. Believe in Jesus Christ. But I wanted to, I wanted to emphasize here that last part of that too. He gave the right to become children of God. I'm not sure what that popping is. I'm, I must be bending something in here, but I apologize for that. Become life, beloved. Become. No, no. Does it mean you automatically? No. Did Jesus have everything he needed when he was born? No, he's a helpless little baby. Again, the, the, the program tonight will help you understand just how helpless he was in, in uh, that manger, right? He was helpless, but he became, he became everything he needed to be. Um, become life, beloved. Become life. And in particular, I say, well, give me something, you know, that's, give me something very practical. I'll remind you again from a year ago, almost to the day, speak life. Speak life into people. People know when you're speaking life and you're speaking death, right? Speak life to people. And when they come to you and when they say, what is it about you that that shines, that overflows onto me? Don't hesitate to say, it's nothing about me. It's nothing about me. It is all about Jesus. To all those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Pray with me. Would you come on up, worship team? Oh, God, thank you for your first coming. You who created the heavens and the earth. You who, out of, out of love for the world and out of a common grace, gave everyone by us, God. You also invite us to spiritual life as well. We confess, God, that, that, that it's hard for us to live between two worlds. And we know uh, that it was hard for you, Jesus, when you walked this earth. But we know that in you we have everything we need to walk together. God, in such a way that everyone who sees us sees Jesus. So we ask you, I pray for those who, who don't yet know what they don't know, that, God, you would divinely shine light into their darkness. That they could maybe for the very first time receive Jesus Christ. Now, not as, as a, a cosmic gift giver or any other false representation, but that, that they could receive Jesus Christ as Lord, as sovereign over every area of their life. And then God, for those of us who maybe decades ago 
first confessed you as Lord, first believe in our hearts that, that God raised you from the dead, Jesus, grant that we might grow into our lives as children of God. That we, like children, might grow. It's so beautiful to see Maddie, God, singing this morning, to see this young woman that has now grown and and now blessing us with her gifts. God, we're not done yet. Help us to become children, God, who reflect the image of our Father. And then we will look forward, God, with joy. No matter what storms of life come by, no matter what challenges we face, no matter what opposition God raises up before us, we will look forward to living, God, as lights in a dark world. And we know that so many are waiting for you. So many are, are looking, God, for a miracle. So many last Tuesday, it was last Tuesday night, last Tuesday, cried out, God, cried out, deliver us. So many are longing, God, for hope. Come, come into our world, Jesus. And we'll give you the praise and the glory.